live from inside the corn maze at the Connors Farm and brought to you by Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. It's the cheesiest. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 34, and we are recording on October 15th, 2011. And Ellie, why don't we still yet have theme music? Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I don't get that reference one bit at all. So you have nothing to say? I have nothing to say. I don't know what that means. <laughs> You're the six-fingered man. Now, if you had seen the movie, you'd know what I'm talking about. What movie would that be? The Princess Bride. Never saw it. Okay, you have homework. Really? Yes, I think you might have lost some some points just now with the listeners. Okay, so now I'm in the negative because I can't <laughs> I had any beforehand. That's that's the Princess Bride, is it? Yes. Okay. Uh, no, I haven't seen that. Wow. Am I uh, lame? You're in the doghouse. You're gonna have to. You are lame. Whatever. Whatever. All right, moving on from my lameness then, and I will write that down as something I am supposed to do. I think I've probably written it down a half a dozen times, and I was supposed to do it and have yet to do it. But we have some emails this week to go over. Yes, we do. I think I have the first one. It's from Alor on the Freeport server. A thank you and a question. First, thank you both for a great podcast. I've listened to 31 to 33 and now going back to 16 to get caught up. Question. What changes would need to be done to the EQ2X rule set in order for the EQ2 Live community to accept the same free-to-play rule set on their servers? Would they accept one at all? I came back to EQ2 a few weeks ago, and though ButcherBlock was my old server, it was sparse during my playtime. I created characters on Antonia Bale and Everfrost to see if I should move there because I was starting fresh. I checked on them for a couple of days, but there was negligible difference that was not worth moving for. Then I checked out the Freeport server. I play from 8 to 10 p.m. to about 12 to 2 a.m. Pacific time. At 2 a.m., there are 40 people in my guild alone. I thought it was mostly free-to-play people, but Chad and Broker is strong, and there are a lot of 80 to 90 players. I would have liked to play in a live server, but not at the expense of my gameplay. I have a gold subscription, so other than a different logo, I don't notice a difference. Since the player base's response to -to free-to-play caused the rift between EQ2 and EQ2X, is there a point where opponents would be zen with it? I honestly think that if the same modified free-to-play model were across all servers, minus Nagy, Vox, and Bazaar, and it was labeled just EQ2, the game would grow tremendously. Thanks again, Alor, on the Freeport server. So, Del, do you have some thoughts about his question, his, her question? Yeah, and I think it is a big question, a Everest of questions, actually. What would make live players zen with extended players? And I don't know what the answer to that all is. 
I certainly I don't want to speak for all players. I guess I could speak for myself. I don't know if there ever would be a day where I would be comfortable with mixing the live servers and the free-to-play servers. As much as I appreciate what they are and who they are, and I don't mean it to make it sound like I'm building a wall between us, but it's one of those things that I'm okay with that, but not in my backyard type. And there's been a lot of talk and a lot of blogs and articles written about well, why not just merge them and make one common environment? I don't know if it's going to be all that rainbows and unicorns that people think it will be once merged. I think it will even build a greater wall between player bases that we already see today. We already have different play styles. I think free-to-play is yet another style in that being able to purchase things is a play style to, to augment your play. And I don't know if players who have traditionally long-term, you know, and I'm talking going back all the way to EverQuest days, are comfortable with that real money transaction thing for things in-game. I, I think in general players are okay with it, but not in their backyard still. I do believe, I think that Sony was smart to go with the models that we have today to keep them separate but equal. Although I've often heard separate but equal is not truly equal. But in this case, I, I, I think it is a good thing. So I don't know if there would ever be a thing that would make me personally zen with it all. Well, I don't know that we're uh, in agreement, but I don't know. It would require a longer conversation, I think. I think for me personally... It isn't about the extended players. It's about the rule set. Like the first thing you said was what would make live players okay with extended players. And I don't think it's the players. I think it's the rule set, which I guess to me, I guess I don't really know enough about what is the real difference here other than, you know, you're, you're not paying for the game, but you're paying for advantages or access or aspects of the game. That's what EQ2X offers. And there are different levels, just like in another free-to-play game. There are levels of subscription, I guess. But then on top of that, there's the marketplace, which, you know, we have a marketplace on the live servers. It's just different because there are things offered on EQ2X marketplace that we don't have because of the rule set, which I guess that's the thing I don't quite know. that I don't know the difference enough to have an opinion necessarily. I was thinking about that actually earlier. Um, people have equated the marketplace to, I guess, sort of like if you're shopping at the grocery store. If you don't want to, if you don't like apples, just don't buy them. So why would you have an opinion about what kind of apples the store offers if you're not going to buy apples anyway? Does that make sense? <laughs> it absolutely does. And I, can I just go back quickly to something you were saying a little earlier? Yes. Uh, because I want to 101% agree with it. I have nothing personally, and I hope I didn't give this message, nothing against extended players. It's the extended rule set. And right. Access to the cash shop, the marketplace. That's, that's my 
issue, I guess, okay. of, of why keeping them separate. I have nothing, nothing against people who are over there or their tunes. It's okay, just, I apologize. Yeah, and, and that's uh, well, well, let's make that clear so you know people right. don't get confused. So your, your question in your analogy of, of purchasing the Apple, right? Right. Why should I care that you purchased an Apple? Well, for the same reason that, you know, a little bit that we were talking about last week, there's a lot of other things. There's a lot of emotion. And the emotion we referred to, we talked about in our last episode was that intimidation mm-hmm. factor. If people are purchasing that Apple, that Apple gives them superpowers. Well, see, now this is where you're stretching it a little bit. Right. No, I, well, I understand it's a little bit of a stretch. I can go pick apples if I want, or I can purchase them at the grocery store. Right. Right? Right. But in order to go pick apples, I have to walk X amount of miles to the orchard. I got to carry a ladder with me. I got to go up in the tree. I got to have my bushel. I got to put it in the bushel. I got to bring it back down. I got to clean it. When you go to the grocery store, it's there, and all I got to do is take out some greenbacks and purchase it. Right. Do I look at that person who's purchased it? Maybe the Maybe some of those people just purchased it. Mm-hmm. And don't understand it, don't know why they have it, but, what they're doing with it. But do they need to understand it? I do think, they need to understand it? Does it make any difference to your enjoyment of your orchard picked apple if they don't understand how the apple was formed? If they don't understand how hard it was to go reach up and climb the ladder and find the orchard to begin with and know which one was ripe and all that? Does it take anything away from your? orchard experience <laughs> yes it does it does does it, it? The case. yes it does but what if soon- you didn't know about it what if you didn't know that they picked an apple out of the grocery store and paid for it because soon as i start getting put into dungeon found dungeons okay and i have to interact with with those purchasers versus mm-hmm. the the farmers themselves who went out and got it mm-hmm. it does start to affect but see i think you're making a leap from you're making assumptions about the person who purchases the apple in the store as opposed to picking the apple. You're also making assumptions about people who pick apples. I mean, just because you picked it doesn't mean you understand everything about it. You could have been a tag-along person and not known anything about it and just accidentally gotten your apple because you happen to be with some Uber guild going to pick apples. And that is that is true. I just would say in that case, that is less likely. And that's my theory. I, I'm not going to say that, no, that, you're, that that doesn't ever happen. You are right. There are the tagalongers who get their apples for free or bought their apple mm-hmm. in, 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 in the farm stand auction channel. Okay. You know, absolutely. Uh, but I think it's less. That's all. So that, okay. that's why I'm okay with this, you know, keeping them separate. Uh, certainly we've heard from folks who play over there in, in past episodes who talk about it's a good place for me because they can purchase the amount of time that they want to play. If they're right. gold and, they're, and their spouse doesn't have the time and can only play bronze, well, they're not wasting money. One can play a little bit more and one can play a little less because of the amount, uh, of the amount that they can purchase for playing and, and dedication or, or the ability time, available time to play. So I think that's a good thing. So, and I think having the opportunity to purchase stuff, if you want it, is there. I just don't think that because there's a ton of people on EQ2X that we should convert every server to EQ2X, and it's going to create this one big, shiny, happy, drinking a Coke, holding hands, singing songs community. I don't think it will do that either, but I think it certainly will bring more people together 
uh, they probably don't care. What does what does the Freeport server care if they're merged with Live because they have tons of people? I mean, you're talking about guilds that have thousands of members, thousands. Okay, thousands, sure. But let me ask you, how many of those are truly active, regular, couple of days a week, every night type of people? Or are they people who joined once and have been gone for three months? I don't know, but there are enough guilds, I think, that are doing raid content to make them basically at the same place we're at. And maybe they have a better chance of getting things done because they have more people to choose from. Okay. I see. I don't think, you know, when it comes to the live service, too, we hear about, you know, small populations and not seeing anybody and all that sort of business. To some degree, though, and this is a large discussion, the way the game is set up to today, people who are decked out in raid gear, as we've talked about in the past, there's no impetus for them to run heroic zones. There's right. no loot chase. Yeah. So they're not signing up for Dungeon Finder, as an example, because there's mm-hmm. nothing in dungeons worth it to them for the long haul. They don't have to run zones over and over again for that super rare, really cool item that they want. Mm-hmm. They run it once. Maybe they get some shinies. Maybe they get a quest update for one of the signature lines or something, and then they're done. You know, They don't want to go back over and over again. There's no loot chase there. So the Stratus that you talked about the other week, they're going to exist again even if the EQ2X players were merged with the EQ2 Live players. Right. But that's a different topic, I guess. Okay. I I see where you're coming from. I think it's such a complicated topic, and we couldn't possibly... We can just scratch the surface with this answer. That's maybe something... That's like five shows worth of material, this EQ2X and Live thing because you know i got i gotta say i don't know that we know the answer or even know our own personal answer like for me i think you and i disagree del uh, but maybe we don't disagree as much as we think we disagree i guess i'm just it's an interesting conversation to me because when this first came out eq2x was first announced i was shocked and very unhappy with it And I guess my biggest concern was the populations would dwindle on the live servers. I was imagining live servers being sort of like, okay, you guys are the existing players. We'll maintain you, but we're not going to give you anything new. We're not going to pay any attention to you. But it hasn't been like that. It hasn't been like that at all. My biggest concern wasn't wasn't really a concern. You have a different concern. And I guess I don't feel as strongly as you do about about stuff like that. Right. And I, I think what you said earlier, though, is, is true. There is no simple, these three bullet items, if, if Sony was to do these three bullet items, then everybody would be okay with it. That's, yeah. That, that there is no one, two, three answer or ABC answer to solving this question. Right. And I also think that for every 10 people, you might have – each one of those 10 people having three different points on their bullet list. Absolutely. Ask 10 people and you get 11 different answers. (laughs) So maybe we can table that for another day. Absolutely. I think it's a great question. I think it's going to come, come back around every so often. And I think it's good. It's a good, healthy discussion. Unfortunately, no simple bullet check mark answer to it. Right. So I think I have the next email here. And it is from our buddy, Spider Z, over there on the Crushbone server. And 
and Spiders entitles his email Suggestions for Episode 33. After listening to Podcast 33, I figured I'd poke my opinion in and mention a few things. How to get into rating. Bullet one. As much as Alicious hates to run some pugs. Bullet number two. Take an honest assessment of your gear. If it can be upgraded from doing instances, take the time to run them regularly. Upcoming changes might help a little with some gear upgrades as well. Bullet number three. Look for alliance guilds. It's usually smaller groups of guilds that band together to raid. These are usually a good stepping stone and good for learning progression. These also tend to be more casual, laid-back guilds. Come as you are with low requirements. Bullet number four. Look at resources like eq2flames.com for recruitment threads as well. While I'm not trying to say that this would always be good for the novice, but sometimes it might be worth it. Some guilds make it a point not to spam channels looking for players and use resources such as that. Bullet number five. See if your current guild is either going to be working on raid content or take an honest look and decide if you're willing to move on to another guild. Bullet number six. As previously mentioned, after using both EQ2 Flames and the EQ2 Forms, decide if you want to stay on your server or switch to another server. Yes, this costs station cash, but it might also give you more options if your server is low population. Bullet number seven. Pay attention to the channels. Depending on your server, some use 80 through 89 channel for general chat, and some use 90 chat. Pay attention to these channels for guilds recruiting and talk to those people that are spamming for potential members. Sometimes just a quick chat with these people can net you an idea of what stats, AAs, gear you might want to take a look at prior to raiding and joining them. Bullet number eight, talk with people of your class that you know. Sometimes they can make suggestions about possible guilds to look at. Just figured I'd jot down these real quick between raids. Signed, Spider Z, Evil Dirge from Crushbone Strike Guild. So, Ali, what did you think of Spider's suggestions here for folks who are looking to get into raiding? Uh, these are really good suggestions um, based on the, the listener we had last show who was asking about getting into raiding. Uh, it is tough to make that transition, but there are resources out there. He makes one really good point that I wanted to touch on. And that is uh, looking at resources outside of the game, such as Flames or the forums, because he's right. Not a lot of guilds, or I should say not all guilds, spam in channels. Uh, and if you look outside of the game, you could get a better idea of the type of guild you're looking for and maybe read a little bit more about their sort of flavor or or atmosphere uh, and maybe get a better idea of what specific classes they're looking for or where they are in progression and see if you fit in that way, as opposed to responding to something that was spammed in channel, which maybe, maybe isn't the best way to join a guild uh, because they're sort of like throwing out the biggest net possible and you don't want to be just one of the fish. I'll tell you when it comes to that, guilds spamming in channel, I will say I used to be I would never touch a guild that ever spammed in channel, that ever announced in channel that they were looking for members. That is a red flag. Don't even look at them. But I have to say over time, I think my opinion of that has changed a little bit. I, I think I used to believe that that was a method for the desperate, and I don't know if I necessarily think that anymore because I have seen 
some guilds that I that I know and respect as quality guilds, I have seen them do that, saying they're looking for one particular class, a Templar or a Coercer or a Necromancer. i got to be honest, I've never seen them say looking for a Ranger, but you know what I mean. <laughs> they're looking for one specific class or something to maybe augment their team. They're really, really close, but they've just lost somebody you know, who's had to, who's going back to school or, or is retiring from the game or whatever. So I don't know if that's a bad thing anymore. This, I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. Uh, you know, we talk about you know, always relying on outside resources. What's mm-hmm. wrong with, with, with announcing in channel? Now, granted, I don't want to see it every 30 seconds in every, you know, 10-level range chat. But I don't know. I, I, I think I would still give them credence before in the past where I'd say absolutely hands off, never would touch a guild that, that announces in channel. Maybe I've changed my opinion. Maybe that's more of me softening in the sun. Oh, don't boy. Know. Here we go again with the ice cream dome on. Mm, everybody likes ice cream, Allie. Mushy. All right. Well, thank you for that email, spiders. The next email comes from Indibuff. Just finished listening to your last show and glad to hear that Delmon is understanding the real importance of community. I guess I must have failed to make my point clear enough. On that note, I have a few comments to make on the fear you guys talk about in going to an instance where you may not feel like you know enough about it. I guess I look at this issue from a different angle. The fault is not you not knowing all the ins and outs, but in those that feel the need to berate someone for not knowing. There will always be those that will never make an effort to play their tune well or try to learn the instances, but those people are few and far between. Most of us try to do our best and try to contribute to the group as a whole. Yet everyone that falls short in the eyes of the other players suddenly becomes a target of criticism. The fault is not in you not knowing something that really can only be learned by doing it, but in those that in order to make themselves feel important, feel the need to put down a person for the lack of knowledge. We need to stop accepting this type of behavior. Go into that instance and do your best. There's no shame in that. The shame is on those who would insult others to just make themselves feel bigger. As for instance difficulty, I think SOE may have a problem, at least for the new player coming into the game. The average person who plays an MMO these days is quite different from those when EQ first hit. Most want to be able to enjoy the game as a whole, including raid content, but are not willing or do not have the time to invest huge amounts of time in getting there. Like it or not, things have changed. I've just started playing a bit with the Dungeon Finder tool, but honestly, for a raw group coming together to run something, the content is a bit over the top for this type of play. Basic heroics should be just that. They should be something that the mechanics on a boss fight can clearly be seen on the first try so that the second try would be successful. Basic heroics should be the learning tool for your tune, the place you learn what all those skills you have are for. I really don't know how that could be fixed, or even if it could be at this late date, but it will be interesting at least to see how it goes. So, Del, um, do you have any thoughts about Indibuff's, Indibuff's note? Yeah, I think she brings up two very interesting points. In the first half of her email, she talks what I would describe as bullying in-game. Mm-hmm. Bullying goes on all throughout life, and you know it carries over into game as well. And I, I think she's right. I, I, I certainly don't enjoy it, and I don't think anybody else enjoys being bullied either. And it, and it creates that intimidation factor that we talked so much about in the last episode, being that guy, being the one who doesn't know, and then kind of being picked upon. 
and especially when you're in a critical role, a, a fighter role or a single healer role, you stand out even more. And you become hesitant. And if you get, say, picked on once, you know, what happens in real life? You start to become a little bit of a recluse. Well, I think you start having to have that ha- happen in game to you as well. Uh, and certainly uh, uh, that was my point, my message last time is, uh, not that I have been picked on, but I'm I'm fearful of being picked on. So I have shied away. I am standing in the corner eating dirt when it comes to <laughs> heroic instances. I, I'm hesitant of them because I'm I'm, I'm fearful of, of showing that I don't know and then being the, the target of that you suck Dell comment. Well, okay, maybe I do. Yeah, I agree. Um, I shared with you a little story about one time when I did a, a pickup um, that actually, it wasn't really a pickup. It was a guild group that we only had four. And we were just picking up a couple people. And I got yelled at for doubling up on classes. Well, this is way back. I mean, I didn't, I'd never put a group together before. This is way back at the beginning of ROK. Um, and I didn't really know how to put a group together. So, you know, we were actually going for a quest update, and I got yelled at. And when I say yelled at, it was all caps, reply. And the guy, like, berated me and then left the group, and I felt stupid and bad. And, you know, because I didn't have bad intentions, you know. And uh, this guy basically told me, you know, the only reason anyone ever does instances, these instances, is for masters. So you should never have two of the same class. And I was like okay, really? I, I didn't know that. I, I really had no idea. I was going for a quest update. So, you know, I that left a real bad taste in my mouth. I decided I'm never going to lead a group ever again because <laughs> I don't want to get yelled at. So, you know, yeah, I mean, it was is that bullying? Nah, I think the guy just, like, maybe had enough of pugs or whatever. I don't know. Let's just hope it was a bad day. But um, I don't know. I... I don't do it because I don't want to take the risk. To me, the risk is too great. I'd rather go with people I know. Like, I don't mind dying so much. What I don't like is getting yelled at. And now people can yell at you in voice, too, which, eh, I I don't need that. Well, I guess the question is not whether or not it was bullying, but you felt pushed around a little bit. I felt bad. I mean, he was accusing me of basically being an idiot when you know i'm like well i'm not being an idiot i'm going for a quest update i'm not going for a master you know i'm sorry i didn't know that this was the quote-unquote only reason people do these instances i don't think that's true because i was not there for that i was angry and upset and hurt at the same time and i was like okay not doing that again (laughs) and i haven't and, you know, and I do think that's unfortunate, right? I, I think we're both in that same lifeboat together a little bit. Yeah. Where we've been hesitant to do things because of that, that fear factor that's out there. Yeah. And it's certainly not fun. Nobody likes, you know, being called a dumb dumb, and nobody likes getting kicked from group unceremoniously for not knowing an encounter or not having an ample amount of crit mid or crit bonus or something, right? Or right. not knowing that that's, that's the spell you use at this exact moment to save the group. Why didn't Sanctuary go up? You're an idiot. Kick. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh. And, you know, I guess I should be less reluctant to do it because I'm just a ranger. We don't have anything. As much as I like to have thick skin, yeah. I, I, I have a tender heart. 
Yeah. And it hurts. I, I've avoided that. Nobody likes rejection. But, you know, she makes a really good point. The game is there for everybody. I mean, we should just go out there and go for it. I think we should. You know what? I have a. I have another challenge for us. Okay. Me and you, we're just together. Okay. I'm a DPS. You're a healer. We go through Dungeon Finder as a group. So it's me and you. Mm. And then the other four will fill in. And we'll see what happens. And that- if we... If yeah. the first time is okay and there's no like injuries or broken arms or anything, maybe do it again and keep track sort of of, of the pleasant or unpleasant experience. Absolutely, I think that's a great idea. I'm not so worried about broken arms and limbs, but hurt feelings. Right, that's what I meant. Okay, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that sounds exciting. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Dungeon Finder a little later if we could uh, in in one of our future uh, points. Uh, so I'll save what I have to s- share about that for that. Okay, that sounds good. All right, our final email this podcast comes from Meat Grinder. Ooh, that's an intimidating name. <laughs> and ironically, his subject line is food duration extending. Ooh, meat. <laughs> Just finished listening to podcast number 33, and I have to ask, what bush are you clicking to get those berries? This is the first time I've heard of this. 10-hour food and drink sounds awesome. Love the podcast. Signed, Meat Grinder, a level 90 monk, level 90 master carpenter on the Butcher Block server. And Meat Grinder has a little signature here. Have you mantis kicked your loved one today? I don't get that. It's a monk thing. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why. It's, it's a mantis kicking? Is that? I believe so. Oh, all right. My monk is too low to know. It sounds monkish. Lame. Whatever. It's not lame. Monks are cool. <laughs> lame. You should try a monk. They're fun. Maybe I have a bruiser, and I'm lame. No, no. Maybe he, monks are fun. Maybe my bruiser has me at this kick, and I wouldn't know it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe because I'm you're lame. Bruiser. I'm lame. Whatever. <laughs> so, Allie, uh, you were talking about the bush last yeah. week and clicking your bush. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, actually. There's been a, uh, quite a lot of interest in that comment I made in episode 33. About the bush that gives you a berry every day. It's called a blessed or blessed sapling. It was one of those things you could purchase off the merchant from the Druid Ring reconstruction event that happened last year sometime. Uh, there, you know, it was adding the Druid Rings to certain zones that didn't have them before. Neck Forest, uh, Jarseth Wastes, Sinking Sands, Loping Plains, whatever. The list goes on and on. And when you collected enough, uh, what were the tokens called? Were those the florets of growth? They were, yes, florets of growth. That's right. Uh, you could buy stuff from the merchant. And some were house items. Some were, uh, you could get a little mini ring, a druid ring to put in your house. I, I bought one of all of them because, you know, you have to collect everything in the game, right? I used and, to. And then one of the items was the blessed sapling. So if you place this blessed blessed sapling in your house or guild hall and you you can click on it once every 24 hours and there are three berries that come off of it i don't recall exactly the names of the berries but um one of them gives you a small xp bonus to aa xp adventure xp and trade skill xp which you can eat the berry and for the next hour you get a bonus to your xp um one of the other berries gives you some kind of a speed bonus uh, movement speed, I think. I think it's both combat and out of combat. 
And then the third berry is the best one of all. It doubles the duration of your food and drink that you consume within the next hour after eating the berry. If you have a five and a half hour food and drink, you're going to get 10 plus hour food and drink out of it. So basically hit the bush daily and you can double your duration of your food and drink. I'm trying to get over the saying, hit your bush daily. I know. Okay. Should and I double your, double your strength for 10 hours. I like it. Do you? Okay. So Dell, you were not aware of the bush. You know, I, I think I was, can I say I was aware, but didn't know, or I knew, but wasn't aware. Okay. I, I think maybe in passing you had mentioned to this and it was probably one of the 25% of the things I don't listen to. Oh, you listen to 25%. You don't listen to 75%. See, I didn't even listen to that correctly. Right. I, I think I had heard it in passing but never really put it all together uh-huh. and then certainly didn't put it into practice. I wasn't executing on that thought at all. So I, I think I knew of it but wasn't doing anything about it. And I'm a little upset now because I think, as you said, being the cheapskate that I am, I would want to be doubling my food and drink because that costs money and I'm super cautious with it. And having more would be better for free. Yeah, yeah, free. And, and, and. So not only do you get a berry every day, you can actually save them up. So even if you're not going to play your tune, like say you're grinding on an alt trade skilling or something like that, you log into your main, or you can log in all your tunes, click the bush, and save the berry. And I have stacks and stacks and stacks of the XP berries. So I could hour every hour be getting the little bonus it's a very small bonus but it stacks with other bonuses so when they do increase the level cap in four or five six years or whatever (laughs) i have berries galore can i can i ask you a couple questions about your bush now yes can you still purchase the bush for folks who don't have it or was this a one-time only thing well it was sold by the merchant at the Druid Rings from that event, if the merchant's still there and you have Florets of Growth, then you can buy it. But I don't know. I haven't looked because I already got my bush. Okay, fair enough. So this kind of sounds like something that's maybe not for sale currently. Right. But However. Could, could come around and again in a future live event because they like to bring stuff like that back. Yes, maybe. Maybe if it's popular enough. It could be a write-in candidate. candidate. So here's my suggestion is there are a lot of little clicky things like that, and guilds have a tendency to place them in their guild halls. So if you just look on your server at other at guilds, you probably can find the clicky bush in some guild that has open, you know, an open door policy, and just go in there or join that guild maybe for the bush. Oh boy. I, I, I don't see that as being a good response to, so why do you want to join our guild? Because I want your bush. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's a good idea to look for guilds who potentially have left the front door unlocked on their guild hall. Yes. And you yes. can go in, and there's lots of guilds who have done that. Uh, and, you know, really, what do they care? Uh, I, I've gone into my guild hall and, and seen people who I don't recognize using our broker or something like that. I mean, what, what's the big deal? Well, the only thing, uh, you know, there are a lot of, clicky things, those things do not, uh, you're not precluding anyone else from clicking on them. But the there are some that do, like, for example, the void portal that takes you to the Palace of Frizul. If someone clicks on it, nobody else can click on it for another 
several minutes. Yeah, that's one I remember now that you mentioned that. Yep. People might not like you clicking their void portal, but I don't think anyone would have a problem with you clicking on the blessed sapling. Sure, sure. Now, it's interesting that uh, Meat Grinder here wrote to us about this this particular thing. Uh, And and it got me thinking a little bit. There are certainly a, a, a lot of things in game. The game is now many years old. And it's only getting bigger that that are like this, that you know a new player day one or even you know much like us day many years in don't know about. So it, it got me thinking a little bit. You know, in the past, and I'm thinking in the past, in EverQuest two, and certainly back to my EverQuest one days, there were many external websites that hosted guides and walkthroughs and explanations and how-tos on things in-game. And certainly Sony did as well. But as I'm reading, you know, Meat Grinder's email here and thinking about it, there doesn't seem to be many of those left, those sites that are hosting guides, good reference material. Do you have that feeling as well, Allie? Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe maybe less is more because the focus is on there are really only a handful of places to go anymore. And instead of having the information spread out all over the place, you know, I look for my spell information on such and such website. I look for my quest information on such and such other website. I look for my house information on, you know, there's so many places to go. It may be less is more. It would be nice to have everything in one place. I can certainly see that as a good thing. Yes, I would appreciate something like that. But even that, there are so few EverQuest 2 guides anymore. They really seem to have evaporated. I remember back in the day... That if you wanted to know something about trade skilling, Allie, where did you go? To EQ2 Traders. Absolutely. And that had everything under the sun about trade skilling. Now, certainly some of its niche from EverQuest 1 has gone away because we have recipe books and we have vendors that sell everything. So some of that has deteriorated a little bit. But the amount of information about trade skilling and what it all is, it, it seems to have evaporated over time. Uh, maybe because the game has changed so much over time, but quality guides have seemed to become fewer and fewer and farther and farther in between. An example of this was the other night. I had gotten my hard mode cloak from raiding, and that cloak has a red slot. And I wanted to know what are the hard mode red adornments. What would be the best one for me to put on this? And obviously, you know, Zam is a great resource. It has extracts from the database, and Wiki has a lot of information as well. But in order to start there, I kind of have to know what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And I really had a hard time finding where to start from. There was no comprehensive amount of information about gear. There's certainly databases that I can query against, but again, I have to know what I'm looking for, and I have to know how to narrow down my search. 
so it's very difficult, and I miss that, and it's something I think that is missing from the game right now, and I think it goes to a lot of things that a lot of folks who have emailed us in the past about, is that there is no good reference anymore for information like this. There's no guides. There's certainly things to, to Google against or to Bing on, but I have to know what I'm searching for to begin with. There's no narratives to read up on. Well, I think it's a case-by-case situation. The adornment situation you're talking about, are you talking about red adornments that drop in raids? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that could be a problem. Because um, my suggestion would be, of course, the EQ2 Wire's uh, adornment calculator, which is what I use all the time. But I don't know that they have all of the dropped items in there. Wouldn't you have to already have those? adornments in your possession correct and i eventually did find the information on xanadu but in order to find it i had to actually know which ones first were the easy mode versus the hard modes so i already had to have some level of knowledge so that i could filter those out mentally and go okay i I already know that one that that's an easy mode one so don't look at that one anymore Mm -hmm. but there was no comprehensive information for this but even say like look at all the things like we got back when sentinel's fate and DOV launched. Let's talk about potency, crit mit, crit oh, bonus. Please. Where is all that information? Where is all that explained? Well, they do have something on the forums, but it's from October of last year. Whether those things are still accurate or not is another question altogether. There is a thread or a post on the forums and a, a, from an official, an official post explaining the different stats, and then all the blue stats, you know, all of the base stats, when they when they made that change, whenever they made that change, I can't remember. Absolutely. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely, and I've seen that post. However, it is a very, let's call it stale document, with only a sentence or two about each of those. Right. And then there are slew of pages after that one yes. asking questions about yep. what is written. Right. I even asked you the other day, because I was looking at adornments, what's the difference between a combat hit and a spell hit? Are heals spell hits? Right. I don't know. Where, where can I find out what a spell hit is? Because your adornment was saying on a spell hit, we'll you get proc. a proc. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so what What I and so what we ended up doing was guessing. Exactly. Uh, you know, because if you don't have... You know, it only makes sense that a healer would be able to heal and have that proc, but it's unknown. It's a question mark. Absolutely. You know, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of what is it. My point is there's no good reference for me to find that stuff out. Right. Uh, One, you know, a little bit more anecdotal to this was I looked before we recorded I looked on my machine. I used the streaming client for the manual because I wanted to use that as a reference point and say how horrible the manual is. Well, on the streaming client, I can't find it anymore. On my old, previous, I think, Launchpad 1 version, I still have the manual, and it and it's dated from, like, when launch starts. I think it still says in it maybe that Templars can use ranged weapons, which was a pre-launch thing that ended up never happening. The manual is useless. If, if yeah. you spin up the CD and use the manual off that, forget about it. And I don't think that thing's been updated since maybe ROK days. Mm-hmm. That's our. That's my problem. There's a wealth of information about the game, but there's nowhere to find out 
to find out definitive, good explanations about it. I, I think back to that thread you talked about, let's just pick potency. I'm sure there's a one- or two-line comment about what potency is. Right. I honestly believe you could write a page about potency. And probably have a bunch of charts and graphs. And, <laughs> and absolutely. So here I am as the player. We talk about the casual player nowadays, the player who doesn't have all the time to invest like he used to. I don't have the time to try out a dozen different adornments to figure out what a spell hit is. Right. And nor do I have the wherewithal to even have them all, right, to, to do all this testing with, to figure out the definitive answer of what a spell hit is, for example. Whereas I may have had that back in EverQuest one days, and that was the way EverQuest was set up. That's the That was the line of thinking. It was all up to the players to figure out. Right. And that's why I think we had this this wealth of guides, these this plethora of information out there. Although, as you say, it may have been scattered over a dozen websites. There were certainly a dozen places to read. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't. The, the community has contracted, certainly. And I think, or I wonder, whose responsibility is it to produce these guides, this explanation of how this stuff is, how it works, and what spells do, and what they don't do? Sometimes I think that's just as important, what they don't do. As mm-hmm. opposed to what they do, because uh, you read the 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 exam and the, the spell description, it's like uh, okay, the target's target. Who the hell's the target's target? Target now. There's there's too much that we have to figure out for ourselves. And I, uh, this is a soapbox I've been on before, and and, it, and it's come to light in some of the recent emails that we got. I don't think the vendor, in this case Sony, is doing a great job of explaining their product. But just explaining their product of what it is and how it works today, and then every expansion, my goodness, they change things on us, and we have to figure them all out again. I mean, do people really know the progression of these heroic zones? You know, that's not really laid out anywhere. The only place I know I think that it's laid out is maybe on some forum thread if you can find it, and Wire. I mean, Wire seems to be the, the, the resource out there for information for all the wonderful work that Felden does over at that website, his site doesn't lend itself good, good, I just said good, doesn't lend itself well to searching for that sort of information. You mm-hmm. have to go through all his posts. The information's there if you can find it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Zam and the Wiki. They're wonderful resources, but I have to know what I'm looking for to begin with. Right. I just can't sit down and say, hey, you know, I want to learn about heroic zone progression and, you know, through all the expansions and what quests go through them, and, and that sort of stuff, or what mobs are in them. I, I got I to know the mob name before I can even look up things, you know, that sort of stuff. And So I, I, I'm, I'm losing my breath here. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm lost. I'm well, lost for both words and in-game. I think one of the questions you bring up is, is be, before everything else, okay, the, the sort of overarching question is whose responsibility is it? For me, I'm looking at this in old, sort of old terms, but it's a new world in a lot of ways. But it's a new world with an old game. So we're sort of split with one foot in the past and one foot in the present, right, or the future. So what's going on here? And what I what I mean here is, I guess, in the old days, they didn't have to explain their product, they put out a game. It's up to you to figure it out, right? The more resourceful you are, the more you can get a leg up. And I think that's why we had so many fan guides or 
fan sites or whatever you want to call them, uh, sprang up. But they're, they're few and far between now. It's harder to find information. Is that because, like, the sort of hardcore people stopped playing? Or is it because they're, things changed so much it's impossible to keep up? Or is it because it's a different feel now? It's more Golden Path-ish. So there's so many things that are already sort of laid out for you in the game you know what I'm saying? Is it really necessary to have all of that? And so is there a niche for somebody to come in? I mean, if you look on the forums, there are lots and lots of sticky posts or sticky threads of things that people have, projects that people have sort of taken on. There used to be, like for rangers, just take to give you an example, for a ranger way back in the day, there used to be a sticky thread of bows the bow progression through the different tiers and they had all the stats listed out in a spreadsheet and it was updated on a regular basis and there were go-to sort of uh spreadsheets like that for any number of classes uh and items and spells and whatever else you know without there being someone updating it on a regular basis it becomes sort of stagnant and I think that's happened to a lot of, of the fan sites as well. So I guess, I don't know. It goes back to that original question of whose responsibility is it? Is it Sony's responsibility to put out a quote-unquote manual to show you how to play the game or to give you some sort of a encyclopedia to look things up? Or is that for you to figure out? Or are you as a player community to sort of work out between yourselves? Yeah, I think that is a great question, and I'll tell you what I think it's what it is. And I think I'll, I'll tell you, I think Sony's resting on their laurels because back in the day, that was something they didn't have to do. And I'm going all the way back to EverQuest days, mm-hmm. way way back, right when that was their their premier product, uh, and you had all these fan sites. So the there was a vacuum, and the players filled it mm-hmm. because. That was all they had, you know, and they did it. They they saw they saw a gap and they filled it. Now the marketplace, and I'm referring to the marketplace of MMOs. There's a lot more out there. There's a lot more competition. Players are moving around. You don't have players who are spending all their time vested in one game, so they're not building these these awesome resources. Or if they are, they're doing it at launch because they're real jazzed about the game, and then they're dying off because they're moving on. Much like probably you're, you're both right there. Maybe who the original owner was, it has long since moved on, and it hasn't been updated since EOF days or something, right? I don't know. I'm just making that up. There's a lot of sticky threads like that. I think there's one about titles. There's one about shinies. There's one about in-game books. Mm-hmm. They've all just kind of died off as the owners of them moved on to other things. Well, a lot of times people will, you know, fans of a particular thread, somebody who is as resourceful or as anal retentive or as spreadsheet oriented or whatever will take up the task when they see someone has let it sort of fall by the wayside and they will start a new thread and then request that it be stickied and have the same title or or something similar and they will usually say in the initial post i'm taking up where so-and-so left off here's the link to that initial thread something like that but you know again forum searching isn't maybe the best way to it's very tedious, right? Well, I'll even go one step further. 
searching on the SOE forums doesn't work. I tried looking for a thread where I knew the word horseman existed in, and I searched mm-hmm. for horse, and I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's it's very, it, very difficult. It doesn't I agree. work. I almost I'll go as far as to say it doesn't work, period. Right. Because I know that word's there. I can see it on the screen, and I can search that thread and still get no hits found. Um, going back to something you said, mm-hmm. um, you said you think they're resting on their laurels. I don't know if I agree with that. I think maybe it's not so much a point of resting on their laurels as they simply don't have the manpower. I mean, writing a manual, first of all, a manual is a linear document. It's static. What, what we need is a, is a living document, is an interactive document, is an interactive, almost an engine. <laughs> but I don't know that they have that. I mean, they're, they're game designers, right? I mean, I don't know. Is it, is it their area of expertise? I don't know. That's a good question. Is it their area of expertise? Don't know. But I will say this. As designers and everything we've heard, they're also players and former players. Mm-hmm. So they know what it's like to play the game. I think sometimes when they get in there, and this is just a guess, right? I've never been in their shoes. But they get in there and they start. They, they kind of take off their player's cap and put on their designer's cap where they know what a spell hit is as an example. Mm, that's intuitive speak to them that's day-to-day talk to them bread and butter they know what spell hit is it's probably a term that comes up in meetings all the time me i'm a true player not privy to all the behind the scenes that they have Mm -hmm. i'm left wondering so i i think it's that they're you know resting on their laurels in that that was something that used to be provided for them as a company as part of their culture well, it wasn't provided for them. It was provided for the players. Right, by, by the players. So it was something that, that, the, that Sony didn't have to work on. Right. Now there are less players, less fan sites. Now the gap is, is being created again. Before, the players filled that gap, and mm-hmm. Sony didn't have to. But see, that's what I'm getting at, I guess. The players filled that gap because there was a gap to fill. Is it really Sony's job to create a manual, I guess. Do, do you see where, where I'm coming from here? Is it really necessary? It's not necessary to have all that information to play the game. It's what helps you get a leg up. Well, quite frankly, if you want to get a leg up, you have to do some leg work. And some of that is looking it up in different places. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel... It's it's weird because it's it's the line has become real fuzzy. In the old days, it used to be everything was behind the curtain. We didn't know what what the cap was for you know your weapon skills, for example. It was a guessing game, and people would do all kinds of charts and graphs. I mean, whole programs came out of the need to know this information. Right, absolutely, and all those type of things. Uh, People have generated little charts to show the curve of, you know, to maximize your DPS to get the most bang for your buck or whatever. It's left to the enterprising player base to fill that gap or perceived gap. I mean, it's not a gap for the casual player. You can play the game casually and not have to know any of that information and still be able to do your quests. I mean, you just sort of, you know, well, you know, I'm going to put some stuff on and, you know, I feel like I'm dying a lot. So maybe I need to get better gear. 
you could sort of um, bull in a china shop your way through it a little bit if you want. It, it's not a gap for everybody. It's a gap for the min-maxer. Don't confuse min-maxer with hardcore DPS raider. Because min-maxing can be done in all sorts of play styles, right? You right. have your min-maxing trade skillers and yes. house decorators. Min-max harvesters, absolutely. absolutely. You know, so yeah. you want to know what all the house items that look like so you can build your, your kick-ass home. Right. Well, you want to be a librarian. You want to have every book in the entire game. Absolutely. You you have to do all that research. Wouldn't it be nice if you had that one site where you can go to and see, gee, well, this is what every chair and this is what every table. Oh, I like that table. Let me jot that down and work and find out where I get that from. You don't kind of have that today. But see, the min-maxers, I think, are the ones who feel the need to create those sites. Don't you think? Uh, yeah. So are we saying that min-maxers are lazy people now? No, we're okay. saying that the min-maxers, there just aren't as many, I think. Because, I don't know, I, I kind of get the feeling like there's less of a curtain behind which things are hidden. Less is hidden. More is given to you. Five years ago, we wouldn't have had a thread titled, what is it titled? Car Combat Mechanics and Player Progression. Five years ago, we wouldn't have had a thread explaining what the different stats are and what you need well, and what the caps are and what the overstat progression is. You wouldn't have had that information at all. And I think that was maybe a philosophical choice on their part to keep information behind the curtain and it's left to the players to figure out for themselves on purpose. Yes and no. Uh, yes, I, I agree that there has been, a, I think, a conscious decision on their part to reveal more and explain more. The That that particular threat, I do believe, was really bore out of the fact of, well, and I, I want to say it was Sentinel's Fate, maybe. Mm. Uh, day Pre-day before uh -huh. Sentinel's Fate, you played this way. Now, all of a sudden, you play this way. Much like DOV. All of a sudden, by the way, uh, the day before DOV launched, uh, Int mattered. Mm -hmm. now, now, on Tuesday... Post 9 a.m., it doesn't anymore. Well, I have feelings about that because I think what there was a mistake made by leaving it out of the patch notes, leaving out the fact that your stats, you, your reliance on certain stats has changed now with this update. That's a major, major change. Okay, but the fact that they went into so much detail about what everything does and the caps and the the all of this other stuff i just think that was too much information revealed that's like telling the magic trick telling telling the 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 trick of how to saw the lady in half you just don't do it i don't know maybe they changed their philosophy on the thing yeah and i but agree now with it's it's very it's very open, and now people feel like because they have some information, they deserve and they have they have a right to all information. Because I know the cap is 500 on multi-attack, and so I get to ask you about, you know, the curve and what each point is after 500. Okay, and that's fine. And But I want to – I think we're drifting off my, my original – point a little bit okay. and that's fine knowing the information is one thing my point i think is or I, or at least for this time and we can certainly deal with that question on another day but where all that information is stored 
whether or not it's to the 10th point or the 100th point, right? There's no consolidated place to look all this stuff up about anything. And I'm talking about all gameplays, you know, be it house decorating, trade skilling, uh, min-max DPSing, raiding, heroicing, running around overland zones, mm-hmm. or just role-playing in a corner by yourself. Uh, you know, there's no good resource. <laughs> there's another name for that, Del. <laughs> I, and, I, and I carefully avoided it, if you noticed. <laughs> To put all that information together in a central repository and, and more important than that, putting it in, in, in together is one thing, but maintaining it over oh. time is equally, if not more important. Writing a, writing an article today about what potency is and then having potency change over the next three, uh, expansions and have that same article still being out there is, uh, is dangerous. Not only is it wrong, it's wrong information, it looks, it's presented as correct information. So that's really my problem. Not necessarily the amount that they're exposing to us today, which I, I think is a good topic, but rather where is it all and it's not central and who's maintaining it and, and who really has access to maintain it because who's the subject matter expert for it? But you're presuming the, the you're, you're jumping the gun, I think. You're presuming the question of, Whose responsibility is it? You're already presuming that it is their responsibility to tell us all of this information. Yes, I and do. And I, I guess I disagree. I disagree. I don't think they are responsible for telling us every in and out of the game. I really wish we had never had that thread uh, about caps. I mean, give us the basics and that's it. That's it. I think they should have simply put it in the patch notes of saying, you know, as a scout, now you use agility and stamina to stay alive. And intelligence is for mages. Enough said. Enough said. Don't go into all this detail. But you know what? The horses are already left the barn. And and I, I wish they had never put this information out there. I mean, simple explanation of explaining what the blue stats are. Leave that to the tooltips. Right. And and actually make them tool tips. Right. I know. Don't don't get you started on tool tips. Right. Yes. But I just feel like showing the numbers behind the curtain is too much information to be handing out to people. You don't get the recipe for the brownies that you order at the restaurant when you order the brownies. Right. You just see they're luscious and moist and juicy and chocolatey brownies, and they're seven ninety five. I yes. don't want to know how much flour is in there, or how much. And how I, much? And, and I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. Okay, but here's okay. my thing: is you want brownies? You go at the at the at the EverQuest Two Food Cafe. All you're told is there's desserts. You're not told that there's brownies. You're not told that they're luscious. You don't see a picture of them. You don't get a price on them. You're just told we have desserts. Good luck at figuring out where the desserts but out here on the food court that. might be. Good luck to you. And, hey, you know what? There may be some kindly Wait. gentleman in the corner who might know, and you but might be able to go over and ask him. But that's what a multiplayer game, I guess that's up to the players, in my opinion. The players need to share the information. The play, If you feel there's a gap, you know what? Maybe Delmod should have a website. He does. It's called EQ2Talk. <laughs> okay. So you're saying I give up. It's not my responsibility. I, I'm min-maxing podcasting. Yes, I, I don't know how. Okay. Well, I, and we're not doing a very good job. We're far no. too lame and whatever casual. But yes, no. yes. No, but yeah, no, you're right. I, I guess so you're saying it's it's we. It's we players. This is our I gap, really and it's, it's our responsibility to fill it. 
That's my MMO world. My MMO world is the players. That's why it's multiplayer. Otherwise, you just play a console game and you read the manual. Uh, no, no, no. And there's a perfect example. There's a perfect example, I think, of what I'm talking about and what I think SOE could do effectively. Uh, take, for example, Madden 12, right? Madden 12 comes out or the Madden game comes out every year, right? And in there is a four- or five-page manual that says, you know, uh, triangle is throw, square is uh, a run, uh, circle is call timeout, right? It, it explains the real base. doesn't tell you why or how to do those sort of things. It just tells you what they are. But when Madden ships, another partner company who EA has worked with has created a user manual, a guide, a user guide, not manual. Let me say guide. A guide, and there are websites that they have uh, created that explain and, and expand on all that stuff. Yes, you have to pay for that guide. It, it doesn't come free. The manual comes free, and it's four pages, and half of it is lawyer rhetoric, anyways, about the ULA. But there's a there's additional resources that you can purchase to get more information about, so that you can get that leg up on every other chump out there on the mm. PSN network. network. Maybe well, that's what the intention of the whole Zam thing was, and it didn't work out. But I think it did work out. Oh, you mean their relationship? Yes. I have no idea about any of that. But I think Zam is one of those good resources for some things. For some things. I, I think they excel wonderfully when it comes to live events. They okay, have well they have very good walkthroughs and okay. explanations. I guess you're asking for something official. And my point, I guess, is it should never be official. It should be a grassroots effort. That's my my belief. Oh, at least today, that's my belief. Because I don't know, six months from now, I may change my mind and be all wishy-washy. Well, I, I, I know exactly how I can push your buttons and make you change your mind. Oh, don't push my buttons. You have a, you have a very unique play style. You like to do a lot of the quests, right? Yes. You're a hardcore quester. And yes. there is a resource out there that you've made reference to on the podcast yes. called and Fluffy. If- if Fluffy went away, I would cry, and I would have to move to Denmark and find Fluffy. Yeah, I know you would. So I I, would... I, that's my that's that's my that's my chit in my back pocket that I'm going to use on you, Allie, in this case. But see, that's a grassroots effort. Fluffy didn't just come out of nowhere. Fluffy came from something else that was out there before. There was an Excel spreadsheet that somebody made on the EQ forum, EQ forums. Mm-hmm. Fluffy was a fan, and Fluffy just upped the ante and did it better. And now Fluffy is a god. If Fluffy moves on and doesn't provide that service anymore, what's going to happen to folks who are in our play style? You know what? Somebody else will step up. Somebody else will step up. Somebody who knows how to do that thing that Fluffy does so well. Okay. <laughs> and it's not me. I got, I, I got nothing. But there are smart people out there, and there are these math whizzes and these Excel spreadsheet whizzes and these, you know, curve, where does this parabola curve? I, I don't understand any of the math stuff. But there are people out there who do. And I do think, I think that's an exposure for Sony because, again, I'm, I'm going to say, stay firm on my soapbox that it's their responsibility. And, huh. and let's continue to use Fluffy just as an example. Okay. If Fluffy moves on, and doesn't provide that service anymore, which which both you and I love and rely upon, almost live and die by in our play style. Mm-hmm. That moves on. Our play style is going to be impacted. Yes. Are we going to, well, maybe I don't want to play this anymore if I don't have that, that thing that helps me along anymore, that helps me find my enjoyment, finds my permagrin moments. Right. If I'm less likely to want to play, I'm less likely to want to resubscribe. 
Okay, but you're mm, you're you're carrying it over. You're trying to make it something bigger. Okay. I I guess maybe I I don't agree. I don't think Sony or SOE should be doing those guides because well, I just don't know that they'll do it well. All right, <laughs> sorry, there, sorry. No problem. Well, let me ask you this one. We'll, we'll close it up with this one question then about it. Because ultimately, I mean, they, do, they do dragons, they do sound effects, they do trade skilling, they do all this stuff really, really great. I don't know that they would be doing guides great. Okay. And, and I think the players have done such a great job already. It's just a matter of the grassroots need to grow a little bit better. Ultimately, Sony is a corporation, and corporations are in the business of making money. Right. Do you think if Sony provided guides, that it would affect their bottom line positively. No. Fair enough. Well, I think then that that explains your point of view. I, I disagree. I think it would. I do not. Okay. I think it might short term, but you know what? We had this before. It was called ET2 Players, and it used to be a subscription. It was a little tack on to your subscription, mm. which we paid for, mm. and it didn't 100% work, but it worked a hell of a lot better than it does today now that it's free. As soon as it became free, I was like, oh, Crap, now it's not going to work. Well, it's free, and we get what we pay for. Well, we don't get jack. Exactly. Because it doesn't work at all. Okay, but you know what? I think it was a good thing for them to stop charging for it if they couldn't support it. But what they should have simply done is turned it off and said, you know, we can't support this anymore. I don't think it's their responsibility, but but I don't think we're ever going to get what we want or what you want because I just don't think they have the manpower. Fair enough. I don't think I'll ever get off my soapbox that I think it's their responsibility to provide Doc for their game. But, you know, I'm willing I'm willing to listen. But see, the depth is what you're looking for. You're looking for more than a manual. There is a manual. Yes. It, so you know how to turn on the game. You know how to move in the game. You know how to check your mail. You know how to open your quest journal and your knowledge book. You know what? It's not my job to teach you how to, if I'm the car manufacturer, I just need to tell you how to put it in drive and park and what the lights do and all this other stuff, right? I'm not responsible for making you the best driver on the planet. I'm not responsible for making you a NASCAR expert or winner or whatever they're called. I'm responsible for showing you how to put it in park, showing you where the emergency brake is, showing you where the spare tire is, right? Yes, and I agree. I don't want manual I don't want a manual. I want guides, and I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on okay. this one. I want guides too, but I want to. I want to choose. I want to choose my guide. I don't want to see behind the curtain all the time, and I and I really. I think we have too much information already. I don't. I don't like it. The horse has left the barn. I can't do anything about it. Well, speaking of too much information, Allie. What's a piece of information that you have today that you didn't have when you first started playing that you wish you knew then? Oh, what did we wish we know? Knew? I think wish we would have knew what we knew. No. Okay. Well, I have one little wish, what we wish we knew uh, as noobs item uh, that I wrote down a long time ago when I rolled a conjurer. And I find this extremely helpful information as a person who uses ACT to look at the parse. Uh, and it's how to name your pet. If you're a necro or a conjurer, it's ideal to name it after yourself. 
And I'll tell you why. Because if you're a necro and your pet, your name's Joe, Joe Necro. If your pet, if you just spawn your pet without setting a name, it'll come up as some random computer generated name. Well, your pet will do DPS and you will do DPS, but they'll be separate on the parse. Not that you care, but if you name it after yourself, it'll be under one name. That also is very nice for people like Allie who get irritated when you clog up the parse with nonsense pet names. So what you do is slash pet name, and then you put your own name. And now your pet is named after you, and you'll be really awesome on the parse. It's all about the parse with you, isn't it? Yes, it is. And keeping it clean. Keeping it nice and unclogged for me so I can see myself. <laughs> as long as you're on top, Ellie. All right, uh, moving on. Usually not. A, okay, too much yeah. information. <laughs> what I wish I knew, and I think I still don't know this, and I wish there was a guy to explain this to me, was about spamming buttons during trade skilling. The other week we were doing one of the trade skill instances, and per usual, Dell is in dead last on getting his fair share of stuff done. And when asked why, my answer was, Ali, if you remember correctly, was... I don't have anything to react to. And you said, start hitting buttons, clown. I don't think I said it quite in that way, but okay. I'm I'm leaving the expletives off. You said, uh, I I was being lame for not knowing that I should be, if I was doing well, I should be spamming progress buttons, which is true. I guess I usually just sit there and react when reactives come up, probably maybe because I've been trade-skilling while watching TV all my life. And uh, I haven't been taking advantage of that. So maybe I wish I had known that I should be using more progress buttons than I have been throughout my trade skilling career. And, you know, when it's falling, when your quality is falling, you can use the dur- the durability buttons even when there's nothing to respond to. Yes, that's true. I wasn't spamming those either. So uh, I guess I'm all around fail when it comes to trade skilling. It just worries me that you haven't known this because... You could actually trade skill a lot faster that way. You get things done, and you never have anything less than pristine, ever. And what's even more amazing about all this, I have done this despite having four max-level trade skillers. That is really shocking. You've been doing it the hard way, Del. Well, that's how we old-school, hardcore players like it. Uphill both ways. And on top. So how about a least favorite thing this week, Del? Yes, my least favorite thing, hoy vey. Welcome to the scrying game, Allie. The scrying game? The scrying game. Delmon, as we have just were talking about, the hardcore quester that he is, I am still missing one of the training tomes from those uh, scrying rainbows that you might see in some of the old school zones, Enchanted Lands, Thundering Steps, uh, Neck Forest, Zek. Yep. I still am missing one book, and it is the Master... Diviner, Greater Tome, and I swear that book has to be one in a million because I am tinkling through scrying stones like they're going out of style, Allie, and I am crying, crying for not getting what I need. Please, Brell, give me this one book. I will sacrifice a thousand rangers if I have to. I am tired of chasing rainbows. Wow, that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, I looked for mine for a while, too. It'll It'll happen. It'll happen eventually, and if you get lucky, if you're a good Delmon and really 
really work at it, you might get the ginormous loot one that gives you 500 scrying stones or whatever it is. I, I've hit the 50 a couple of times. And the I'll jackpot? I will trade that one instantly. I have even gone so far as, Allie, if you can believe it, I have made a save search on the broker. I might even be willing to go broker for this thing. I am so wow. tired of looking for this thing. Well, you better hurry up because you never know when they might take out anything from the game at, at a moment's notice. Absolutely. but So that is why I am working hard on scrying, and that's why I am unhappy, and this is my least favorite. All right. So what's yours, Allie? Mine is Serena Siltor from the Tower of Frozen Shadow Times 2. She's mean and nasty. I don't like that encounter. She's a bitch. She is. And it's extremely complicated, and I don't even really understand it yet. Now, are we talking heroic or X2? The Times 2. Or both, because they're both annoying. Oh, no. The Times 2. No, the heroic the, the heroic looks like a walk in the park next to the Times 2. I don't even get it. I'm going to have to go read some stuff, and I, I don't get it. Well, good it's, luck. It's I'm very looking for a guide on it. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, that is that is not the easy if encounters. The heroic one isn't easy. That's no cake and ice cream either. But the X2 is just like on fire hard. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can come to some terms with Serena in the future. So did you have a favorite thing this week? I do. I do. And it is the Dungeon Finder. Hmm. Now, I know that might not be a popular one, but it's something I have eagerly been awaiting and it's finally here, and I'm glad for it. I know they're going to be making some changes and tweaks to it along the way to smooth it out, but I think it is a good thing for the game. I don't subscribe to the theory that everybody else, that it has to be cross-server. I think it's okay today being server only. Let's get our feet underneath ourselves with it. Let's get using it. Let's get more people in it. I think if less people spammed in channel and started using the tool more, it would be more successful than it is. I'm happy for it. I disagree with all these people who bitched about, oh, you released another broken thing. Well, you know what? There weren't certainly enough people on test to fully test this thing out and vet it. The only way you were going to find out the good, bad, and different with it was to put it on live and see how people interact with it in our world. I think it's a good thing. I like it. I've queued up. I'm having fun with it, and I'm glad for it. That's why it is my most favorite thing this week, Dungeon Finder. Wow, you, you've actually queued up and used it? Yes. You yes. got over your hurdle? Well, let's say I queued up for things I knew how to do already. Okay. And, you know, I started queuing up for some, some of the older zones uh, to, to, you know, to build that confidence. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's take a few baby steps before we walk, before we run. So that's what I've been doing. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. I haven't been doing that because I'm, I'm still living in fear in the corner. Fear, <laughs> fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate, Alan. You know what hate leads to? What? The dark side. Oh. Okay. I was going to say PvP, but I don't want to. Tick them off. But then again, they can't hear us, right? They don't have crossover talk. Well, they do have iTunes. Oh, whoops. Okay, we love PvP and our PvP friends. Don't gank me. They can't reach you, Del. Ha-ha. Um, okay, so my favorite thing this week is uh, that I got an item called the Lycanthrope Bracelet from Miss Mare Manor. It's been on my list. I have this list of gear that I've always wanted that... I usually don't get until many expansions later, and that's one of them. So I've been waiting around for that, you know, since TSO days. Uh, it's meaningless now, but it's okay. 
I can check it off my little list. And that sometimes is just the the accomplishment itself. Yeah, especially when you've been trying to get it for so long. When you finally get it, it's like feels like a woohoo moment. Even though it's kind of meaningless, I still I'm glad that I that I got it. Well, maybe I should rub the alley in the hopes of getting my master diviner. Maybe some of your good luck will rub off on me. So I think it's time to prove how smart I am again with a little Are You Smarter Than a Delmon? A little bit of a trivia game we like to play here on EQ2 Talk. Allie has two categories of trivia questions about EverQuest that uh, she's going to give us in a moment. I'm going to pick the one that I am most confident with and try to prove just how much I know about the world of Norath. There is one little twist. She has both a challenge mode and a, and a wimpy mode. Uh, what are our categories uh, this episode for Are You Smarter Than a Delmon? All right, we have Medicine for the Soul. I have avoided that category in the past. Yes. And we have What's in a Name? I'm going to continue to avoid and go with What's in a Name. All righty. This is a submitted Are You Smarter question. Ooh, okay. A listener. a listener wrote this one in. I am going to go, uh, then I'm going to go challenge mode because I love spanking listeners. Okay. That didn't come out right. That's all right. Uh, okay, this one uh, is going to be really hard. Name all of the zones that share a name. Now, this is sort of, we're going to have to do this in little snippets, okay? Okay. So I'm going to uh, give you an example, or two or three. Okay. So if I say caves, you say the zones that are caves. Okay. Which are? The caves. Yes. Caverns of Afflicted? That's not a cave. That's a cavern. That's a cavern. Okay. The Wailing Caves. The Wailing Caves, yes, with the orcs. Okay. So most of the time you're just looking for the modifier. You know, what kind? They're caves. What kind of caves? Well, they're whaling. Okay. So, All right. So, okay. like, for example, here's another example is Citadel. Death for Citadel. Uh, and Shimmering Citadel. Yes, Shimmering Citadel. You're right, <laughs> yes. Allie. Okay. okay so those a... are just examples. Oh, boy. All right. Let's bring those it on. Those are just examples. You're not going to like this one. I can already tell. I thought uh, you were going to blow right through this. Would you like another example to get no, more about? No, because I, I, I don't think another example is going to help. Okay. So you went challenge mode. Yes. Okay. Well, the normal mode had three on the list, on each list. Okay. Challenge mode has four or more on each list, and there are six. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Explain that? Okay. Yes. So I say what it is, and you list them off. Absolutely. And uh, let's see if we can set up some rules here. If you get a full sweep, that's a win. If you get I, – I, I, there's some lesser ones I think I'm going to let you pass on. Okay. So maybe one out of each, but if you get them all, that's great. All right. The first one is in Challenge Boat is Crypt. Crypt of Agony? Yes. There would be Crypt of Varsoon? Valdun. Crypt of Valdun. Yes. I'm out of Crips. Let's uh, let's come back to Crips. All right. Tower. Tower of Frozen Shadow. Yes. And and by the way, that's the only tower for We're not going into all the details. Oh. I'm sorry. I was so ready to do all the instances of it. I know, but that's not going to help you. Okay, we're done with Tower for now. No, we're not done with Tower. (laughs) We're going to come back to Tower. Okay, we'll come back to Tower. 
about Temple? Temple. Temple of Raylo Zek. Ah, very good. Temple of Scale. Very good. Temple of Life. Oh, you know what? That wasn't even on my list because it's not a zone. Well, you kind of zone into it. Well, that doesn't really count. Okay. It's not a zone. You can't fight anything there. Uh, maybe we'll come back to arguing on that part. Uh, Temple. Nah, I'm sorry. It doesn't count. I'm I'm the rule maker. Temple Street? No, no. That's not really. No. Temple Street? Isn't that where Well, the, okay, fine. Isn't that where the... I didn't have that on my list. Where Tongas live? Uh, That's a zone, isn't it? All right. I'll give you Temple Street. Uh, begrudgingly. Okay. Mm. We're going to come back to more temples later. How about... This is just going to get harder. Palace. Palace of Ferzul? Yes. Palace of Rowan Theer? Yes. And we're going to come back to Palace. (laughs) Okay. How about Vault? Vault of Eternal Sleep? Yes. Crypt of Betrayal. Can I come back and see Crypt of Betrayal from before? There's no Crypt of Betrayal on my list. But that is his own. Well, where is it? It's underneath Kinos. I guess you can say Crypt of Betrayal. I looked for it. I couldn't find it. <laughs> there was no guide. <laughs> I really did. Because I was like, Crypt of Betrayal. I actually searched for Betrayal. Because I knew there was a Crypt of Betrayal, but I couldn't find it. Anyway, moving on. You're on Vault. I got Vault of Eternal Sleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm out of vaults. All right. We're going to the last category, which is extremely hard or easy, depending, I guess, on your perspective. Halls. Halls. Halls of fate. Yes. Forsaken. Yes. Fallen. Yes. Emerald. Yes. Halls of honor, but that's an EverQuest 1 zone. Doesn't count. Okay. That's that's the most I've gotten is four. Mm -hmm. There are a lot more. Temple of Vashin. You're going back to Temple? Yes. There was no rule about doing these in order. No, there was no rule. Uh, And it's not Vashin, it's Vishan, and I don't believe that is a zone name. Because it's Vashin's Peak. Vishan's Peak, not Vashin. (laughs) Palace of the Awakened. Yes, that is a palace. Vault of Elrad. Yes. I'm all over the map at this point. It's okay. Tower of Tactics. Oh, crap. I missed that one. My guide didn't go that far. Is that Drunder? That is Drunder. That's why I don't know it. Well, that was a good one. Yay. You get him right in. I've gotten three write-ins so far, but that doesn't exclude the other ones from the list. It just makes the list longer. I think I am running out of gas here. Well, how about if we go each through each category and I give you a little bit of a, a hand? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's try that. Okay. Well, let's start with the crypts. You had trouble with those. You actually got three of those. You have Crypt of Valdun, Crypt of Agony, yes. and Crypt, Crypt of Betrayal. There's another crypt that involves a particular adventure pack. The Crypt of... The Hain. Yes. So I'll give you a half on that one. Okay. I'll take a half. And there's another lesser crypt, and I believe it's lesser because it isn't a, like a main place. 
and that houses a certain dragon. And you laughed at Allie for falling off the edge of the room. Vox's Vox's crypt? The crypt of Vox. Crypt of Vox, okay. So I'm giving you half on that. All right. That's a very small instance, yeah. Yes, it's it's that's why I called it a lesser crypt. Fair enough. Yeah, you got half on the lesser crypts, which okay. is fine. Okay, well, moving on to towers. Yeah, I didn't do too good here. No, but you did get a write in. You got Tower of Tactics, okay. which I forgot about. Uh, and of course, you got the obvious Tower of Frozen Shadow. Mm. Well, there's another tower in another expansion that we go to frequently Kern's Tower. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, you forgot about another one. Okay. Well, this tower is is a different type of a tower. It's not a tower standing in the air, but it's a tower in another direction. Nagino's Hollow Tower. Very good. And then there's another tower from way back when that involved a heritage quest and insects. Oh, the Bixie Tower. Uh, what was his name? The Draftling Tower. The Tower of the Draftling. Didn't okay. do so well there. No, that's right. All right. On the temples, you did pretty well. You got Temple Street, even though I didn't have that. Temple of Scale and Temple of Ralosek. There are a couple more temples. One that you are probably pushing out of your memory as a bad memory. Well, there's a reason I pushed it out then. Spending too much time there, working on certain mobs for too long, and wanting to pull your hair out. Sounds like a lot of zones. A certain pair of twins. The Temple of Korsha. Uh, Temple of Korsha, sure, yep. No credit for that. And finally, the last temple was not found, but was actually lost, even though that lost isn't in the name. Temple of Lost, uh, Temple of Kazakhdol. Yes. Um, The palaces, you had Palace of the Awakened, Palace of Frizul, Palace of Ronthir. There's a royal palace. Royal Palace of Verudin. Yeah. And there's a another palace with some Dijin and opening and closing doors. Allie's Poet, favorite Poet's, Poet's Palace. Yep. And there's another palace that's a raid zone in the void. The Potato. Yep. Uh, palace of the Ancient One. Yes. Vaults, we have, you already picked Vaults of Elrod and Vaults of Eternal Sleep. This one was a hard one, I think. Vault of the Fallen. There's Vault of Flames. Don't remember that one. Uh, yeah, that would be a lesser vault. And Vault of Dust, a very lesser vault. Vault. I do remember the Vault of Dust, or its name at least. And then the very obvious, the Outer Vault. Outer Vault, yes, from the hole. Yeah. Uh, and the halls, you got, this was a tough one, I think, too. Halls of the Forsaken, uh, the Halls of Fate, Halls of the Fallen, and you got the Emerald Halls as well. But then we had the Halls of the Seeing. Halls of Seeing from Kingdom of Sky, yep. And we had a tricky one, Throne of Storms, Hall of Legends. Hall of Legends, yes. Which people don't call it that, so that's probably why you didn't get that one. Yeah. Most people say Throne. Yes. Um, There's another Research Halls. Research Halls, oh, yes. And let's not forget Tower of Frozen Shadow. Umbral Halls. Umbral Halls. Ah, that's a tricky one, though, because that's both in tower and in hall. 
So that was a that was a brutal brutal are you smarter question but uh that, that it was but I have to say that is a great question. That is a great question. I like that. It's complicated uh, and there's a lot of answers. But it's amazing how much there is to think about. And I'm sure folks are listening going, "Oh, Dale, what a moron. You couldn't remember that one." Well, <laughs> Well, you can thank Care on the Unrest server for that question. Oh, I'll thank him or her. All right. <laughs> no, but that's a great question. I, I did enjoy that, even though I didn't do as well on it. There's so much out there. A lot of zones. A lot of zones. Yes, there are a lot of zones. And some are, as you say, uh, lesser zones. There are a lot of lesser layers. Oy, layers. They didn't make the list. Minor layers. Maybe we'll do that one in the future. I like that kind of question. That was a great one. Yeah. All right. So did we have anything else for this, the 34th episode of EQ2 Talk? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. Okay. So first, let's say thank you to everyone who took the time to download the podcast. We sure do hope that you enjoyed it. Let's also say thank you very much to this week's corporate sponsor, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. It's the cheesiest. Don't forget, you can check out over at craftsrecipes.com to find out how to make the great pumpkin bunt cake alley. Mm-mm-mm. And I don't know, a little known fact, Ellie, did you know this? That in Canada, our friends to the north, they don't call it craft macaroni and cheese. They call it craft dinner. Really? I don't know why. Why do the Canadians always have to do things differently? I don't know. They're just some crazy people up there with their Mises. Mises? Well, you know, they got a lot of booths up there. So if you have any suggestions, comments, feedback, want to talk about some of the things that we've talked about, known a crypt that you've been in that ah, we didn't have on our list, you can reach out to us by sending us an email. So for me, that's delmon at eq2talk.com. And I'm Allie at eq2talk.com. You can also catch us in-game. So for me, that's eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. And you can reach me at eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. You can also talk to us in our in-game chat channel, which is eq2.unrest.eq2talk. And be sure to check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash eq2talk or follow us on Twitter where we are eq2talk. Big surprise. Surprise! You like You like surprises at the end of the episode, don't you? Surprises are fun. So, everyone, hope to see you back here for episode number 35, a big 35, and say goodnight, Allie. Goodnight, Allie. Sorry, that was so hard. Once again, I whacked my mic. I will try to stay completely stationary. The the distance from your mouth... I'm usually the one asking for buffer. You're not laughing. I have a gold package. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't funny. That wasn't funny for you laughed. It's all Sprouts' fault. I seriously. Gold packages and mega anuses. Yes. I mean, you know. The double entendre. You can change it to subscription if you want. I know. I got to leave it. All right. No giggling. I'm trying. That was funny. Okay. Okay. Tell <laughs> you're smiling. He said gold package.
Let me get one more out. Okay. Because you know what I'm thinking. What? Goldfinger. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, I think <clears throat> a little lightheaded. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Where should I start? The package? Uh, I think you might need to come back. Are you okay? I'm okay. We have to just get through this. I know. <laughs> I was okay. I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I was too for a second. Whew, okay. <laughs> okay. Whew. It's so hard to stop. Okay. Whew. I would have. I have a goal. <laughs> I gotta start this paragraph over again. I think a little pee just came out. <laughs> I gotta start the paragraph over again. Oh. <laughs> you have to change that to subscription. <laughs> you can't say I have a goal. <laughs> I have to keep it the way it is. <clears throat> okay. All right. I'll change it. Subscription. Or we're never going to get through this. I know. We'll keep it in the outtakes, though, so everybody will know what it was. <laughs> <laughs>